morning. One way of learning new words is to use them in a sentence, not just trying to memorize words. Unfortunately, some people try to sound smart, but use the wrong words at the wrong time. When words are not used properly, big words don't sound smart, they actually have an entirely opposite effect. For example, in his latest book, The Sense of Style, Harvard cognitive scientist and linguist Steven Pinker discusses the most common words that people misuse and get mixed up. He mentions three in particular, dichotomy versus discrepancy. The word dichotomy means two mutually exclusive alternatives and does not mean a difference or a discrepancy. So there is a, dis there is a dichotomy between even and odd numbers. There is a discrepancy between what we see and what, what is really there. Other words that are misused are enormity versus enormous. Enormity actually means extreme evil and does not mean enormousness. So the enormity of the terrorist bombing brought bystanders to tears. The enormousness of the homework assignment required several hours of work. This is very important because if you marvel at the enormity of someone's personality, that's radically different than the enormousness of someone's personality. One is extremely large, and one indicates that it is extremely evil. Ironic versus coincidental. People misuse this all the time. If you break your leg the day before a ski trip, that is not ironic. That's simply coincidental or bad luck. Ironic refers to some type of reverse, reversal of what is expected. So it is important to use words correctly regardless of how big or how small they are. And although some people focus on big words, very often the important words in a sentence are actually the very small ones. For example, it's a compliment to say, he's exceptionally successful, but less of a compliment to add a little word in that sentence and say, he's exceptionally successful, but not very honest. This little word, but, changes the sentence from a compliment to a rather big insult. And when we read the Bible, it is important to understand both the big words and the little words very accurately. To understand what they mean and to watch for the little words that are just as important as the big words. There are important big words in today's readings such as justified, sinner, adulterous, and sinful generation. Each one of these words can be unpacked, um, not only in minutes, but hours. But there are also very important little words that are just as important. Not, but, if, and 
4. Why are these important and where do we find them in today's readings? St. Paul says, a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, but if I build up again those things which I tore down, then I prove myself a transgressor. And then in the gospel, Jesus says, if, if, very small word, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then this gospel follows, this section follows with four very small words, for, F-O-R, not F-O-U-R. For, whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For, what can a man give in return for his life? For, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. As you may notice, Jesus doesn't try to impress anyone with big words. Jesus focuses rather on little words and he shows big actions. Not big words with little or no action. His big words throughout his entire life were love, sacrifice, and the cross. These are big words and when Jesus mentioned these words and spoke about these words, he spoke about them without any qualifiers and without any conditions. Jesus did not say, I will sacrifice if you're nice. I will love you if I feel like it. Jesus sacrifices and loves without any conditions and without any qualifiers whatsoever. Who you are, how old you are, how young you are, what your background is, what your, what your lifestyle has been. Jesus challenges us to move forward, but assures us of his love throughout all the stages of our life. Jesus sacrifices and loves without any conditions, without any questions, without any qualifiers. And this is the invitation that he makes to all of us. He models for us how it is that we need to love. He invites us to love him without any conditions and invites us to love others without any qualifiers. But God does not force us. He doesn't make us love him. He doesn't make us follow the commandments. He doesn't make us come to church. He doesn't make us pray or read the Bible. God doesn't force us, but he always welcomes and invites us using very little words that lead us to the bigger invitation. This word, this little word that we read in today's gospel, if. If any man would come after me if any person, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That is the language of the invitation. That is the language of 
the condition that we need to make to love him, but not the condition that he makes to love us. We cannot love God in a default mode. Sometimes, very often, unfortunately, people think we're baptized. That makes us followers of Christ. Baptism is the entrance into the life of faith. In a sense, it's the first step into the life of faith. It is not the completion of the life of faith. Every day, we need to ask ourselves that question. Are we willing to follow him? If we are willing to follow him. And hopefully the answer is yes. Jesus does not say that he will love us if we do anything specific. And that was the focus of today's epistle. No conditions. We don't earn his love, and it is there for us unconditionally. However, our acceptance of his love is built upon our desire to accept it, our intention to accept it, our decision to accept it. And Jesus reminds us that everything he has to give us is there only if we want it. And it's still there even if we reject it. And it is still there waiting for us even when we are not ready for it. This is the if that we need to reply. It is always there, like on a shelf, waiting to be used, waiting to, for us to benefit from. A proper reading of the Bible reminds us that we don't need to impress God with big actions or big words. All we need to do is welcome him with the little words and with the little actions. We don't need to tell God what we have done for him. What we need to do is accept to commit to him and to commit that everything he has done for us. Big words may sound impressive, but at the end, when misused, they make us look foolish. Big words, when it comes to God, also may sound impressive. I will build for you. I will do for you. If I was able to build a church for every single person who told me that I will build a church as soon as I dot, dot, dot. It's usually as soon as I win the lottery. Not through the sweat of my hard work and labors. I will. I will change the world if only I had more power. I will do all these things if only dot, 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 fill in the blanks. God doesn't want us to rearrange the United Nations. God wants us to rearrange our attitudes and rearrange our relationships with each other. God does not want big words with no actions. He wants big actions and very little words. So today we heard very big words like justified, sinner, adulterous, and sinful generation. However, none of these words are understandable or applicable to our life if we don't understand the little word like if, and if we change our life, and what that if will lead to. That is why in today's gospel and reading, especially as we focus on the cross again on the Sunday after the cross, 
We remind ourselves that we don't need big words with little actions. We need big actions with very little words.